Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Rostradamus Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Palmer, a.k.a. the Rostradamus. Last week, we broke down sell teams in the NFL, but it's a special, special week. The MLB playoffs start tomorrow, or by the time you're listening to this, today. So I brought on a special, special guest. We got my main man from the Action Network, Sean Zarillo. How you doing today? Uh, doing good, Raheem. You know, it's a great time of year. It's like a national holiday for me, so getting excited for, uh, I mean, maybe three potential game threes coming up, elimination games, uh, you know, in the next few days, but at least uh, four games each over the next two days. Maybe the last time we'll have eight teams playing on the same day. And then uh, it just slowly dwindles from there. So every time there's fewer and fewer games as we progress throughout the baseball playoffs, it just gets a little bit more depressing as we move closer to the winter. So eventually you got eight teams playing on the same day, then six, then four. And, you know, it just slowly goes away from there. So enjoy it while we have it. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, in a heavy variant sport like baseball, you want as many games as possible. Um, but that was a nice tease there because I was not expecting you to say that there were a couple of potential game threes. Um, hopefully for my Philadelphia Phillies, it won't be a game three. I want to see that in and out like a robbery. But um, before we get into the wild card series, I want to know um a little bit about your process. I know you have a model. Um, what goes into it? Like, how do you handicap baseball for those? are just new to baseball i'm more of a casual baseball better um i pick my spots i kind of bet a little heavy at times but i i, I don't have a baseball model like i do for nba and nfl so t- tell me about your process yeah i mean for obviously for baseball there's way more publicly available data and projections than there are for other sports for things like football and basketball there's data points that people are starting to gather a company that i work for sports info solutions they've started to get into or basketball and football analytical data. So it's progressing out to other sports, but obviously Moneyball created the analytical revolution and we still just have more tools 
for analyzing baseball than we do for any other sport. So I tried to identify data points that I thought were relevant, but over time it's had to evolve. You know, we've gone from having things like expected FIP, right? Which is what I'd call base level advanced stats, which are sort of calculating strikeouts, walks, home runs, and sort of putting everybody on a level playing field. But then we've developed into the stat cast level data where we can see expected stats for what guys should have. And now we've sort of moved into a third phase where we have pitch modeling data and just based out of what's coming out of pitchers' hands, we know how good they're going to be. Even results that they haven't produced yet, we can sort of predict how good they might be or how they're trending throughout a season based on the quality of stuff that's coming out of their hands. So the, the level of analysis in baseball just seems to change every year. There's, there's new data points, new data that I seem to have to incorporate into my model. But basically, it's a player-based model. It's not a team-based model. I'm doing it based off of expected lineup, ex- expected bullpens, exact pitching matchups for that day. So it's all very, you know, every player has a rating for uh, a preseason rating, right? But then also an up-to-date sort of formula based on what they've done in the season. But they're rated on base running, defense, offensive contribution splits. And then for pitchers, they have multiple data points as well. So it's all run through a data bottle. It's basically just a calculator is what it comes down to. And then it gives me a projection for what I think, you know, the fair odds on a game for both the first five innings, full game should be. And I'm mostly spending my time attacking the bigger markets, the full game, money lines and totals, the first five money lines and totals as opposed to props. For one, there's just not as much liquidity in the market. And two, if I bet a line and put it in the Action Network app and a bunch of people tell me the line is just going to move away from me, regardless of, you know, whether the books think it's a good bet or not, there's just going to be enough action tailing behind me that I don't think that many people are going to be able to follow it. So focusing on the larger market just enables more people to tail my action just because there's so much more liquidity in those bigger markets. That, that makes sense. That, that makes a lot of sense. So let's get into these wild card games. I mean, well, let's, let's go into the series. I mean, you look at the first series tomorrow. We have the Texas Rangers going up against the Tampa Bay Rays. And this is an interesting series to me because it feels like both of these teams are like polar opposites. You have one team who just has the better pitching. You have another team in the Rangers who can they can hit, but I just don't trust their pitching at all. So um, this line right now, uh, we're seeing it at minus 170 for the Rays and plus 138 for the Rangers. Um, I know that, you know, pitching wins these series, but this feels a little hot to me. What do you think? So I, I made this about minus 160. So yeah, it is a touch high, but it's not something I'd play either side of necessarily. Uh, Tampa Bay is an interesting case just because, you know, in my article previewing the playoffs, I, I always like to use like season long stats, right? Just so you can paint a picture of the teams. But Tampa was literally like a bottom five bullpen for the first half of the season. And then through a number of moves they made, getting better health, Pete Fairbanks in full health, they were the number one bullpen essentially per expected FIP over the final earlier the second half of the season, in addition to basically having the best underlying pitch modeling metrics too. So Tampa Bay has the best bullpen. Uh, they've had a number of starting pitcher, starting pitcher injuries throughout the year, lost guys like Jeffrey Springs. They basically just adapted and kept rolling. Also lost Wander Franco, brought up Junior Caminero, who is one of the top prospects in the minor leagues and is immediately going to be a stud, this teenager. So the Rays are interesting. They have Curtis Mead on their roster too, who's from Australia, another rookie. They're just a bunch of like guys who are seemingly no names if you're a casual baseball fan, but all of these guys were top prospects. Essentially, at one point, they're always a pitching factory. They have the best bullpen now come playoff time. And Texas really lost their pitching depth throughout the season. Uh, not only did Max Scherzer get hurt, but Nathan Eovaldi has basically been pitching injured for the entire second half, just like trying to get them to the playoffs. They lost Seeger, they lost Jung, they lost Jonah Heim, they got all of them back 
at one point near the end of the year. I don't think Heim has been 100% healthy, though. Not sure if all of those guys are really 100% healthy either. And their bullpen, you know, it's not just starting pitching for them. Their bullpen also projects as one of the lesser bullpens in terms of uh, all the bullpens ranked, you know, 1 through 12 in these playoffs. So, yeah, I think there's a pretty massive pitching advantage here for Tampa Bay. Um, and that's, you know, pitching drives so much of the line when you're betting baseball. So no value on either mm-hmm. side of the line. Texas is the better defensive team. They have the better offense. But as you said, Raheem, it's it's like a really fun clash. I'm glad the playoffs ended up matching up this way because, yes, it is a very big dichotomy between Tampa's pitching and Texas's hitting. I think that's going to be a fun series to watch play out. But maybe, uh, maybe targeting Tampa after game one if they fall behind just because of the pitching advantages they should have in games two and three. Yeah, I, I think the, the thing that scares me about this, I just – like, you know, Texas 14 and 22 in one score games. And mm. this feels like a team that's just very streaky based on how they're batting. And it's just like you saw in, in September, you know, they had streaks, either losing streaks or winning streaks. So yep. I don't want to be sweating out their bullpen. <laughs> so yeah, this Chap- is kind Chapman of. is like, you know, they're afraid to use him. I mean, it, and it got that way with the Yankees too. Like he was good when they first acquired him. Yeah. And then he blew the game that they needed against the Mariners that ultimately cost them the division. So. They don't really know who to turn to at the end of games. You, you don't want that going into the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm going to skip to a series that's near and dear to my heart. I am from yeah. Philadelphia. You see the, the Phillies jersey behind me on my wall. Um, I like the Phillies up against the Marlins. And I, I, I don't necessarily want to lay the minus 200 on the series price. But you could tell me if this is a good bet. Um, I am more of a subjective better in baseball than I am in NFL and in NBA. So um, my math might not be correct or... You know, just it's it's not there the way it is for NBA NFL because I'm not quantifying anything. But I like the Phillies plus 172 to sweep, and I like a minus 105 to win game one and the series. When I look at the Phillies, I like one of the things I like to look at when it comes to baseball is how teams perform after the All Star break because we all know the MLB playoffs is about who's who's hot. The Phillies are 42 and 31 after All Star break, plus 72 differential. Um, I do think the Marlins are formidable. I mean, you got Jesus Lazardo, you got um, Braxton at pitching, but I just, I don't think they have the bats to match up with the Phillies. So what's your thought process on this series? What, what, what was the line that you got on them this week? Um, plus 172. It's at FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Yeah, I'd make that plus 163. So I think there's, you know, definitely enough of an edge uh, to, to at least put something on that bet. I usually look for a 2% edge, but when it comes to props in the playoffs, you're just not going to find you know, bigger than like a 1% edge on a lot of these markets. And you really want to bet into them. Uh, you know, occasionally you find like a big 8 to 10% edge. And you're like, obviously, that is the real bet you need to make. But if you want to have action, I don't think Phillies to sweep is a bad bet at all. And we'll talk more about the NL picture in a second. But just in terms of the Marlins, you know, this is not the team that they had hoped to have when they got to the playoffs. Sandy Alcantara, Yuri Perez, both injured. Those were their two highest upside starting pitchers. Luisa Rise has basically been limping around for the past month. Uh, still won the NL batting title, but they had to sit him a bunch just because he can barely get the first base. So I'm not even sure if he's going to be able to start. They're very feast or famine offensively without uh, a rise in there because it's it's basically just a number of home run hitters like Soler and Berger, uh, Brian De La Cruz. They're, they're going to hope to hit a bunch of home runs in a short series against the Phillies, but not really good home run weather this time of year at Citizens Bank Park. Seems like the wind's going to be blowing in tomorrow. Um, Aaron Nolan, maybe the guy they could get to in terms of home runs. But yeah, I don't mind those plays. And just in terms of how the NL playoffs shape up, 
how the NLDS lines up, there's a big advantage if you can sweep in the NL, uh, just in terms of how the starters line up for the NLDS, because the NL teams, last year this happened for the American League, but this year the National League has it. Basically, you can line up your number one and number two starters on full rest for four of the five games in the NLDS. So if the Phillies and Braves do play in the NLDS, the Phillies are going to be able to throw Nolan Wheeler four times out of the five games if they end up sweeping the series against the Marlins. So not only should they sweep, based on the map, it is imperative that they sweep. They want to maximize their chances against the Marlins. Get ready to start the NFL week off right, because right now, all customers, and I mean all customers, can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. Me personally, as one of my legs for Thursday night football, I like the Washington Commanders minus six and a half against the Chicago Bears. We all know the Bears aren't good at all. You can combine them with a, another leg. You can add props from Sam Howe or Justin Fields. But I like the Washington Commanders minus six and a half. So build your own same game parlay or choose from one of the popular same game parlays pre-built for you and FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. And FanDuel is now live in Kentucky. Download the app right now and take advantage of their great special offers, boosts, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers. So don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and up in president select states. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire. Seven days after receipt, max refund is $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. 
That's a good point. I, I didn't I didn't think about how it impacts the next series on this. Um, yeah. I just this, was so there's like a, just an extra day of rest for the NL teams this year. So you can throw your number one and two starters twice if you sweep in the first round. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Um, hopefully that works out for my Phillies. So we got the Brewers and we got the Arizona Diamondbacks. And this is an interesting series for me just because, you know, the Diamondbacks, they needed Zach Gallen on Friday. They needed Merrill Kelly on Saturday. And they may have to go with Brandon Profet. Um, and to me, their lack of starting pitcher depth is a, it's been an issue for Arizona all se- se- season long. And they have to start that with this series. So this line opened pretty heavily for <laughs> the Brewers. And it looks like there's some people who have bet it down, or I don't know if the Brandon Woodruff injury yeah. like changed that. What's your thoughts on this series? How much does Brandon Woodruff impact the series? And is there any value on the Diamondbacks? Yeah, the, the Woodruff injury, I'm assuming Wade Miley is going to end up replacing him. The Woodruff injury knocked him down at about 4%, which is pretty substantial. Uh, Woodruff is, if I had to rank out the NL starters, he's probably a pretty clear top five starter heading into these playoffs. But he his velocity was down in his recent start. He was injured at the start of the year. He found a form throughout much of the time that he was actually pitching this year where he was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. But clearly something was not right and would have hurt their chances if he was on the mound. I believe he might be a pending free agent as well. So definitely wants to protect his arm as he heads you know, towards getting a contract. But yeah, I think that is a pretty substantial injury. And I think it does get the Diamondbacks potentially back into this series. The Diamondbacks, you know, just ranking up teams offensively, pitching, they rank 11th. Uh, you know, by whatever metrics you want to use, they're like the 11th best offense, 11th best pitching staff out of the 12 teams in the playoffs. But they're the only team who finished in the top 10 for both base running and defensive value. That's why I bet them in the first week of the season under the new rules. It was just very apparent immediately how fast this team was, how electric they are. Unfortunately, they won't get any home games in this wild card round. We need to win a series against the Brewers in order to get some games at home. I think they can take advantage of their home park too, but. Yeah, the, the Woodruff injury is pretty substantial. I think it makes the pitching a lot more even. And Brandon Fott in the second half. Brandon Fott is a top prospect, led all of the minor leagues in strikeouts last year. Struggled with his command when he first came up, but seemed to find it towards the end of the year. And the pitch modeling metrics really loved the gains that he made. So I bet Arizona for the first game, about plus 165. I like it down to plus 155, projected it closer to plus 145. Corbin Burns is not good at holding runners. And... Mm. Omar Narvaez is not good at throwing out runners. So if Burns' command is a bit shaky, Burns has been great. His his level's been up and down. Was great at the end of the year. Probably rank him as the number one or two pitcher of all pitchers in the playoffs. But if guys get on base, his command gets a little shaky. I've seen it happen a number of times this year. It happened in that start where he gave up seven runs at home against Arizona. I don't think they officially stole any bases, but he was having trouble throwing strikes because he was so worried and focused on the base runners. So... I think Arizona might be able to torment the Brewers here on the base pass. Uh, and, you know, the, the pitching injury for Woodruff just throws a huge wrench into their plans, not only for this series, but it really opens things up for the Dodgers, too, because I essentially give the Dodgers as much of a chance as making the NLCS as I do the Braves, even though the Braves are a better team because the Dodgers have the softer matchups. Mm, that's good to know. Um, it, it's, it's so interesting just because I, I saw the series price at plus 140, and you know, I actually spoke with some people who actually felt that Arizona would be favorite if it weren't for, you know, just having to burn those pitchers early. So 
it definitely feels good to know that, um, you know, Woodruff, um, his injury has, has kind of helped Arizona out. So I'm excited to see this series. Um, I may trail you there. I don't have anything on it now, but that's one I might trail you at. Yeah, so, just game. I only bet game one. I didn't bet the series price, uh, but definitely I think for game one, it's worth taking a shot uh, with Fod. I think Fod is a guy, you know, there's a number of young pitchers in this playoff. Bobby Miller, Grayson Rodriguez, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Bradish. I think all of these guys are essentially X factors for their teams. And I think Brandon Fod may be the X factor. Mm. All right, so we got one more series left. We got the Toronto Blue Jays and the Minnesota Twins. And, you know, both of these teams have just not won playoff series recently. The Minnesota hasn't won a playoff series since 2002. Um, they've they gone 0 for 15. 2002, I believe. Yeah. Like, um, I think they're 0 and 15 since 2004. Um, and then you look at the, the, the Blue Jays. They were um, swept in 2022, swept in 2020. Um, this Blue Jays team is a very frustrating team for me to bet because, I mean, they just struggle to to hit. Um, this is a team that struggles with against right-handed pitching. Um, how do you see this series? Because I'm struggling with this one. Yeah, the the Twins were the the first series price that I bet. I, I should clarify that I did bet the Phillies series price at minus one eighty five, but I do like your your sweet bet, and that's something I might end up adding. The Twins, though, the, the my best bet as of right now in terms of round one series prices. And then also for game one, I like them both. Uh, I view Pablo Lopez as the better pitcher than Kevin Gaussman. Kevin Gaussman is a guy I bet every year for Cy Young because he always ends up being one of the wins above replacement leaders because he's a workhorse. He throws six innings, seven innings every start. But if you're measuring guys out on effectiveness on a per inning basis and consolidating all of your pitching for a playoff game, Pablo Lopez is the more effective pitcher on a per inning basis. And the Twins have the more effective bullpen when you see all of the guys that they've moved to their bullpen at the end of the year, Chris Paddock, Brock Stewart, Louis Varland, not a guy, not guys who've thrown a ton of innings for them this year because they were rehabbing, but all guys who can hit 100 miles an hour on the gun, in addition to Yohan Duran, who's one of the best closers in the game. So the Twins, to me, have the better offense potentially, the better pitching staff, and the bullpens are essentially a coin flip. The Blue Jays do have the better defensive team. They were the number one defensive team throughout much of this season, have a great defensive outfield. Their defensive infield isn't quite as good, but the Twins are more of a flyball-oriented team. So that's something that's going to be a bit at play in this series. You know, if they Twins hit some deep fly balls, they just may get robbed by the Blue Jays outfielders. Uh, and that, that's the one advantage that I do see pretty clearly for Toronto in this series. Also want to point out Royce Lewis for the Twins, who's essentially been their best player every time he's on the field. He's dinged up right now, and it's unclear whether he's going to be DHing for them or off the roster for this wild card round. I have him off the roster, and I still like the Twins in the series. So, yeah, uh, there's been some disagreement throughout the market. I actually saw the Twins go to even money after opening at minus 120 at books I respect, you know, domestic books I respect, not, you know, recreational books. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's bounced all around. It seems like sharper books are actually preferring, um, actually preferring to go against me in this one, which, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways you can measure baseball games. Fangraph's projection tends to drive a little bit of action when it comes mm-hmm. to playoff time, too. And Fangraph's had Toronto at about 55% of the series, which I don't really understand because Minnesota has all three games at home, and I favor them in all three games. So a uh, bit mm-hmm. odd on the Fangraph's projection compared to where I'm at, but there's occasionally disagreements there. There's big disagreements you know, in how we measure the Marlins series and the Diamondback series. They give them a much higher chance, but... Yeah, I like the Twins quite a bit. Projected the series closer to about minus 130. 
and they're a game long line closer to minus 120. So you can shop around for about 10 cents short of either of those prices. And I bet them both first five innings and full game for a game one. You know, the game two line is interesting for me just because, you know, Chris Bassett, when you look at him at home, I mean, he's like a 2.89 ERA. Um, he tends to be a better pitcher at home. On the road, he's he almost had a five ERA. Um, and I think he's what a 277, 326, 507 slash on the road. And I feel like that's a matchup to where I want to attack. I want the twins in that matchup. <laughs> if he's facing a Sonny Gray, if he's facing a, a Joe Ryan or a Bailey Ober, that's who I want. Um, so I think I agree with your twins matchup. And I think FanDuel does too. I, FanDuel actually has the twins at minus 132 to win this series. So I'm going to be looking towards the twins at game two, um, pretty much no matter what happens. Um that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, Jose towards. Barrios also big home road splits as well throughout his career. It's fixed itself a little bit this year, but, you know, another guy with similar home road splits. The last thing I should mention with the Twins, they're much better against righties than lefties as well. So I actually think it would be the, the Jays' benefit to try mm-hmm. to mix in Hyunjin Ryu and Yusei Kikuchi if they can. I just don't know if they're going to do it because they don't seem like they trust those guys as much as they do their righties. But the Twins just smash right-handed pitching. So the Jays deploy their lefties, they give themselves a better chance. Okay, okay. So... I would love to know your World Series pick. Um, like, everybody wants to place a futures bet. Um, I, I don't typically play baseball futures just because um, I'm playing game by game. I'm picking my spots. Um, I'm looking at things that you're doing. I'm looking at fan graphs. I'm just really just trying to study and read the market. So if you had to place a futures bet right now on the NL, AL, World Series, who are you going with? Yeah, I'm glad you framed it that way, place it right now, because I do have Braves preseason futures at really good prices. But this is just like me fully resetting. I have no action on anything right now. Where do I think there's value? Who would I want to bet? It's the Phillies. And it's been the Phillies for a little bit. Uh, The Phillies were my favorite underdog coming into the season last year. Or long shot, whatever you want to call it, at 40-1. to And actually, at playoff time, you still could have gotten the Phillies at 40-1 to in the World Series. So I didn't gain any value, even though they made the playoffs. Recommended them at 20-1 to to win the NL pennant. We cashed that. Also cashed the 40-1 to ticket on their exact matchup. And my opinion never really changed on the Phillies, but their win total went up by five wins this year. I bet they're under 89 and a half. Had to sweat that out until the last day of the season. Thank you, Mets, for just like completely collapsing multiple times. I had that too. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm very mad about that one. <laughs> it, that closed like 86 and a half. It was a great bet. Reese Hoskins then got hurt. You know, like it couldn't have looked better at the start. Trey Turner wasn't hitting. At the All-Star then, break, I, th- I was counting my cash already. Yep, that happens sometimes, you know, and I was I was also uh, counting Mariners under 88 and a half as a loss after their record setting August and they collapsed in September. So you just never know with baseball, man. Like I always have a win total that looks like an easy money at the all-star break that ends up collapsing in the second half. Usually it's the Cardinals who end up surging. Yeah, this year it was the Phillies. But uh, yeah, it's I think the Phillies team this year is so much more formidable than the team that they had last year. Their bullpen is deeper and better. Their defensive quality is so much better. The defensive outfield, when they play Pache, Rojas, and Marsh, is an elite defensive outfield. So the Phillies are just a better team, a more well-rounded team than they were last year. I wish they had Reese Hoskins, a healthy Reese Hoskins, potentially coming back at first base. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But yeah, I I have quite a bit of respect for the Phillies. I think catching the Braves in a short series, a five-game series, is potentially huge, too. Because if you can roll out Noah and wheel it four times, as I said, in a five-game series. 
on top of the fact that Max Fried is dealing with Blister, Bryce Elder, and who knows in game, you know, as their fourth starter or the back end long man that they're going to use behind Elder. So, yeah, I think the Phillies have a real shot just as they did last year. And I'd pick whoever comes out of that Phillies Brave series to win the World Series. But I'm glad you... in terms of bets, plus 700 to win the NL. I think that's mm-hmm. probably the best bet out there right now. And then the Twins in the AL plus 800. I think that's the best bet in terms of finding value. I just think the Twins are underrated. They're pitching super deep and they can actually hit the ball. You know, it'll probably be Orioles or Astros just given the home field. But I make every series in the AL a coin flip, essentially. The, the Braves, Phillies, and the Dodgers, to me, are the best three teams in baseball. And I think there's actually like a little bit of a gap from them to every teams. So I'm glad you mentioned the Braves and their pitching injuries. I, I'm, I'm like, we know that Max Free has that blister. Charlie Morton, he's a little banged up. <laughs> Look. Spencer Strider, all the numbers say that he's the best pitcher, one of the best best pitchers in baseball. But we see him have those shaky out like innings. We we yep. see him say those shaky games. We saw him last year at Citizens Bank's Park completely blow up. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't trust this Braves pitching staff. Is, am I going crazy? Okay. Not at all. That's gonna be if if they lose, that's gonna be what costs them. And I, as I said, I think the Phillies are just. A bit more well-rounded, maybe the pitching a little bit deeper. I like Christopher Sanchez quite a bit. I know the Braves smashed left-handed pitching, but you know they didn't really have like a number three starter last year. I like Sanchez, mm-hmm. and I think another thing with Strider too, he is a smaller pitcher. You know these smaller guys tend to break down eventually. Tim Lincecum, like they can be elite, but at the same time, when they're throwing this hard and they're sub six feet tall and they throw two hundred innings, they tend to break down a little bit and wear down a little. It happened to Strider last year. He got hurt, came back to the playoffs, got lit up by the Phillies, as you said. He has at least, or he won't at least have the ring rust, right, that he had last year coming back after a bunch of time and jumping back into a playoff start. But it's still something to be concerned about, especially when he's the one guy that you're relying on and everybody else is questioning. So if, because it it seems like there's a number of, like, these top teams with these questionable pitching situations. You look at the Dodgers. You look at the Braves. You look at the Astros. Which one of those teams do you trust the most in regards to their pitching? I think it might be the Dodgers because the Dodgers always figure it out. And, you know, it it might ruin my edge saying this, but I'll be betting on Bobby Miller to win the NL Cy Young in 2024 Mm -hmm. if he's like at least 15 to 1 or better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chef Bobby has been the fourth best pitcher in baseball in the second half. I call him Chef Bobby because this kid has every ingredient to be the best pitcher in baseball. He has five above average pitches. He has elite location. His biggest problem is figuring out what to throw and when because his stuff is so good. Uh, so I'm in love with Bobby Miller, but Ryan Pepio as well has not thrown many innings for the Dodgers. He also ranks as one of the best pitchers in baseball in the second half. Lance Lynn was a great acquisition by them. The issue is after that. Clayton Kershaw has been banged up. I don't think he's anywhere near 100%. Yes, you can put him on Larry Holmes' status watch. <laughs> uh, but you know the Dodgers just they always figure it out come playoff time and, and going by the math I made the Dodgers closer to about plus 350 to win the World Series so 5-1 to one on the Dodgers I don't necessarily think is a bad price again it comes down to the matchup though like the Phillies can take out the Braves much more easily I believe than the Dodgers are going to lose to one of the banged up Brewers pitching staff or the Diamondbacks who don't have a four star. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think just the Dodgers drawing a softer matchup. 
and people doubt them because they only won a title during the pandemic season. But Mookie and Freeman were absolutely revelatory this season. I mean, that's as good of a one-two as I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That was unreal. Um, but, yeah, you gave us a lot today. Um, you gave us the Minnesota Twins. I love that you like my Philly so much. Um, and you even gave us the NLCL. Um, <laughs> you, you even gave us the Cy Young for next year. So um, I want to thank you Um Make sure you check out Sean Zerillo's work over at the Action Network. He's, I mean, a guy that I look up to heavily in terms of baseball. Is there anything you want to promote right now? No, uh, I mean, just thank you for having me, Raheem. I'm, I'm glad to see you doing so well, and I hope you keep crushing it. And, uh, you know, hopefully a little bit of our our uh, process uh, mm-hmm. and luck that we have from doing things a similar way rubs off on one another and gets us on the right track for the next couple months. Uh, I appreciate you having me. And, uh Best of luck to you, man. This has been the Rostradamus Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Palmer. Had Sean Zarillo on. He broke down everything that you need to know for the MLB playoffs. So make sure you check him out the Action Network. Rostradamus Show. You're my husband. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 if you're in Arizona. If you're in Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK in New York.